It doesn't feel like a dream anymore. It feels like a burden. Our whole life became consumed with getting things better here, and we let a lot of things go. As time went on, I felt ourselves getting more and more desperate and further away from what that original dream was. You don't have to let us know that we're a mess and things are going wrong here. We know. We're aware. <laughs> we're Thanks. working our way through it. Thanks for the concern. <laughs> Good morning and welcome back to another episode of Tangents with Tyler and Todd. I am one of your hosts, Tyler. And I'm Todd. And, <laughs> right and this now, is Eddie. Yeah. If you can't, if you're listening to this, Eddie is just joining us on the couch a little late. Hey, buddy. How was your week? It has been a very busy and really exciting week, actually. Yeah. How there, about you? Well, I mean, I know because you've had your week with me. Yeah, there's been a lot of change in our life lately and it's been relaxing but chaotic <laughs> y'all good eddie there we go yeah it's been relaxing and chaotic exciting but emotional at times it's just been all over the place so yeah yeah we kind of figure we might as well dive into it and discuss sort of why we're moving from the land and sort of the history of what led us from cutting the driveway into the property to now taking that driveway and calling somewhere else home for now. So. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of reasons. The decision wasn't one that we made easily, I wouldn't say. And I think that there there's a lot of nuance to the reasoning. And the only way to really explain it is on a podcast. Yeah. And I think also going back to the beginning and explaining a bit more in detail of all the steps that we took along the way, what sort of some of the highlights were, the rationale behind it. And yeah, I think it'll all sort of make more sense, hopefully. I really so, hope you're watching this on video. If you're not, you need to go and see him right now. Eddie is just staring me in the eyes because I am not giving him enough space on the couch. That's the problem, isn't it? If you don't mind giving me a little extra. Here. You just get situated. You lay down. All right. Well, now that we're all situated, so let's go back to the beginning and discuss how we got started here. So if you remember, we were traveling around in our renovated RV and we were in Florida. COVID hit and we came back to Canada. We wanted to... Well, we had identified that the trailer we were in had passed the lifespan of what we felt comfortable taking it on the road. So we needed to, one, get rid of it, and two, get another RV ready to go. Yeah, because the plan was never to stay here forever. We wanted to travel. That was something we were really enjoying. We had only been traveling for six or seven months at that point, and when we parked the RV here, it was kind of in our in our mind was going to be the ultimate camping spot. So when we were weren't traveling in the US and Mexico and wherever we ended up in the winter, we would have a summer spot to come back and park the RV. That was the dream of the land originally. Yeah, and then once we got here, we were going to leave that first RV 
set up as kind of a home base. So if something happened and we had to fly back for something, because our family was here, we had a place that was our own that we could stay in that we didn't have to be on people's couches or in their basement. Yeah, kind of kind of like the ultimate camping spot that you can just go hang out at and it would have everything that we needed. Also, the reason that we wanted to do that, just backing up a little bit further, remember that spot that we stayed in Palm Springs? Yeah. We stayed there for probably six weeks and it was meant to only be a couple of days. This was when we were traveling all across the US in the RV. And this spot was just beyond magical. What was the name of it? Do you remember? Sky Uh, Valley. Sky Valley. Sky Valley RV Resort. It had a hot tub. It had a pool. It it was just everything that we wanted in a campsite. So being able to have a spot like that, that was near family, it just seemed too good of an opportunity to not pass up. So I just wanted to provide some context of what, what our thought process was in developing this space. Yeah. So that was the original goal here. But then as the summer ended, this was summer of 2020, we realized that COVID wasn't going to go away. The restrictions were going to stay in place. So we were going to be wintering there. So we renovated our new RV to have it ready to go, did a small little trip that fall, which was beautiful. We went up to Cape Breton. We were having fun. So we went into New Brunswick and then we came home and all the parks closed in November. And Then we got to work on winterizing the old RV so that we could ride out the winter. As the winter progressed, we realized that we were really liking being around family. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that drive to be traveling anymore. I don't know if it was COVID fear, if it was being around family, or just that we were comfortable. It seems like the COVID times are such a distant memory. We've talked about that in a previous podcast, how it's sort of brain fog that yeah. that period of time. But just go back in your mind to what it was like. I, I'm sure it depends on what region of the country you lived, what country you lived, but where we were, we couldn't leave our province. You weren't allowed to leave. There were complete travel restrictions in place. There was a point where you technically weren't even supposed to cross county lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do yeah. you remember? That's when people were like, okay, government. Especially you- if their county didn't have a liquor store, people were in uproar. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of moonshine and toilet bowl vodka made. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do out here. Anyway, tangent. So that time, it was very weird. So travel just completely was off the table. And because it was off the table, you and I sort of had to adapt and adapt quite quickly. We were sort of forced into making some decisions that had we had we not have had a gun to our head, we never would have made. Yeah. For instance, going off grid, we never set out to be off grid here. We intended the RV to not have power Mm -hmm. because we would have had to pay for a service fee. There would have been way more technicalities with it if we had have gone grid tied. It wouldn't have made sense for us for only spending 
you know, June, July, August, September. That was sort of our dream of how, of when we would be on this property. Exactly. And so then as things started to progress and we realized we were going to be here longer, we started to look at how can we look at solar? What can we do to install it? We were using our little battery banks with the folding solar panels. We had a generator for top up. Like we were doing what we needed to do. And then we decided, you know what, we should put down some more formal roots here. And that's, I think it was November, December, we decided to build. Of, of 2020. 20, yeah. Yeah, we decided that let's build something here. So we were going to build a small little cabin. We did, at this point, we were like, kind of more interested in the off-grid alternative. So we were exploring solar more heavily and really opened our minds to what we could do that we didn't necessarily have to be grid tied to be to live the life we wanted. It was sort of where our headspace at that time was okay, we're being forced to make a decision. We can't continue to spend winters in this RV that's not meant for that. So we know we need to build something, but why don't we have a hybrid of you know, our previous dream and then now the new reality of not being able to travel. So by going off grid, we wouldn't have a power bill when we weren't there using it, which was a really, really big determining factor. Yeah. Our thought was, okay, well, when we eventually can travel again, this place will cost us no money when we're not using it. Yeah, we didn't want to be paying to stay somewhere twice. So we didn't want to be paying a campground fee and an RV payment and then still have a power bill to run or a mortgage or any of the expenses, a water bill, the stuff that if you're not here, that would be running. It's important for the longevity of the house, like your air exchanger and your heat and stuff. But no one would be using it. So we just we viewed it as a way. So how could we have those systems running without a cost. Exactly. So then that's when solar started. So then we realized the scale of solar that we needed, our dream of a little tiny cabin in the woods wasn't realistic. And a lot of people said, why don't you explore wind? Well, we're inland in the province and we don't get a lot of wind here unless it's a storm. Especially because we're so tree-covered, solar was truly the only viable option for us, which meant we had to remove more trees than we wanted. It was a really eye-opening experience of, this is definitely a topic for another episode, but what actually goes into it from an infrastructure perspective, Mm -hmm. we fully developed a neighborhood in here basically we had to put driveways and different access points we had to run underground plumbing electrical all to different areas in order to meet building regulations to meet code to do all of the things proper because our plan like we said earlier of a little campground spot that doesn't marry well to what government officials require you to have if you're going to live on a property. Yeah, exactly. And just a little side tangent here. That's a question we get asked often is about if we're off grid, why are we so focused on permits? This is a large investment that we've made into this property. And when the time comes that we need to sell it because something changes in our life or 
if we go to a nursing home or all these different things, you never know. We wanted to be able to sell it and selling a property. A lot of people will build off grid with no permits. You just don't, it's not a good investment. And it's a terrible investment. Yeah. I know that people, people do it all the time. We know people who do it, but when you go to sell it, you will not be able to sell it. You can't sell a property where we live that has significant deficiencies or it's called as is, where is, which means there's no liability. You can't get financing. There's just a whole host Insurance of things. Insurance is Ins- hard. If not if possible, can. if you can even get it. Yeah. Which reminds me, we got to remember Renew, to get yeah. insurance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, back to what you were saying. So we've been, tra- we realized that we had to open up a lot more area and why we have the driveways and the gardens and stuff is because we still at that time were very focused on travel and we didn't want maintenance. Sure, we have family around that my dad loves mowing lawns. I'm sure he wouldn't have minded coming and mowing, but we didn't want someone else to feel a burden of our house. Absolutely. It's, as you know, taking care of your own home, all of the maintenance that goes into it, it is time consuming and it it's our choice to have this place. So to put that on your parents, I can't imagine doing that. That's so not fair to them. No, exactly. And so as we got working through all of that, these are just all, each time this happens, the dream is changing and we're just quickly adapting with it because there is no choice but to move on. Yeah, I think sometimes what people forget is when you have a dream, you're not bound to that forever just because it's something that you adamantly wanted. You wanted it with all your heart. When people grow and evolve, their wants change. And it's okay to say, you know what? My dreams have changed and I'm not going to hold myself to what I wanted 10 years ago, for example. I just don't, I don't like the feeling of the guilt or the obligation of of being stuck in something. Yeah, because if I was stuck to my dream in grade eight, I would be an awful anesthesiologist because I can't, can't even, even say, say the it. word. And then I also would probably forget to check on the meds. <laughs> uh, doc, the patient is awake. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Like dreams, I think that's what's cool is dreams are always evolving. And I think that shows that you're growing as a person because you've allowed yourself to either dream bigger or in a different direction because you're more aware of something or aware of yourself. So I got to take us on a little bit of a tangent here for a second. I, I think where sometimes it gets a little bit messy, especially in what we do for a living, we are YouTubers or content creators, whatever you, however you want to say it, we share the parts of our life that we share, which is whatever we're up to that week. And for the last few years, people have watched us build this place and they love it in a lot of ways as much as we do. I think it's a challenge sometimes for people that are creating videos to do something different or do something what they actually authentically want to do for fear of their audience saying, 
well, I don't like that. That's not why I'm watching you. Or I want you to be doing this. These people have an expectation and Mm -hmm. it's really easy to put yourself in a box to say, my audience won't like that. You and I have had these conversations before. Oh yeah. I think that's a whole nother podcast topic though. That would be a great topic. The pressures that you feel as a content creator, like it, it's a real thing. Yeah. But we're going to get back on track here and go back to November 2020 when we made the decision that we were going to build here. Yeah. So originally, we had fell in love with a floor plan of a stick build house. It was a company that builds the shell of the house in a factory and brings it on site for you in pieces that are kind of craned together. And We always knew that we were never comfortable enough to build the exterior of the house. It's not our skill set, but we were fine once it was the envelope was done and enclosed. So the floor plans we liked, there were some modifications we wanted to make to them. We wanted to add four feet to the living room to make it a little bit bigger, take out a beam and add a sunroom onto the side. That took about six weeks to work through. And in that time, the cost went up something like 60000 60, just in the base lumber price before modifications, because this was at the time that lumber was just skyrocketing in price. Yeah, this was peak, peak COVID, where everyone was building decks and putting up fences. And it the, the demand just completely outpaced the supply. And it went bananas. And we did not have the money to do that. It was... It became not an option. It was also the fact that we didn't want to lock in a forever price at an inflated like commodity price. Yeah. Because we knew that that overvaluation of lumber, we were never going to recover that if we sold it when it eventually came back down to a more reasonable price. But we were at the point where we would have had to buy that lumber at that increased price. So we decided to shift gears and look at alternatives. And that's when we discovered shipping containers because the price of metal had stayed pretty stable. Well, it had it had when we changed our mind. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> everything was against us on this project, I feel. Yeah. So anyway, we started working with a designer. Huge shout out to Jen, who was huge through this process and able to pivot and adapt with us because there's yeah. been through the design, a lot of change. So it seemed in our heads to be very easy to build a shipping container home. We didn't really think about the realities of living in such a northern climate, what effects that would have, and also the building codes and the regulations. I feel like we always are talking about that. But just an easy example of the R value that a wall is required, which I think is now 24. Basically, it's the thickness of the amount of insulation that you need for the walls. And in order for us to accomplish that, we had to have two by six walls. So the wall depth would be six inches. Well, in reality, once you put your framing in, it was like eight inches deep that the cavities needed to be. And that's coming in from both sides from an eight-foot-wide container. Which is a huge amount of space where you often see shipping containers built. Now that it's a few years later and we we get it more, you often see them in places like California where they could do two inches and they just need enough insulation to keep the air conditioning 
cool inside. Yeah. Or the alternative is to open up and put multiple containers together, which we liked that idea, especially on the main floor. It gave us a living space because we, at that time, were really conflicted on whether or not we wanted to have kids. So we said, okay, well, there's two bedrooms on the main floor, a nice living room. And if we don't have kids, the house isn't too big. And we can age in place by moving on to the main floor. Mm -hmm. So we thought it was a great design. So it took us a bit to get to that point, though. I think it was merely a year. Yeah, because there were so many steps along the way of working with the designer and getting that all fine-tuned. And then once we figured out a builder, they had some suggestions and changes and working through all of that. So it became clear... I would say in our second spring here that the house was not going to be ready for winter and that we could not spend another winter in the RV. And that's because living in an RV is pretty challenging when you're that off grid. So we had to bring in water from a local spring in five gallon jugs whenever we needed it. We had rigged up a little foot pump under the sink so and a copper thing that Tyler learned how to solder a tap so we could pump water out of a jug we kept under the sink like there was no electricity at all we didn't have any running power nothing it like we mentioned earlier it was totally fine in the spring and in the summer and in the fall it was actually beautiful it's some Loved of my it. it's some of my favorite memories i I have. With the gazebo right yeah. outside. It was just perfect. Where it really became challenging was as soon as winter hit, what we had in the bathroom of the RV was a composting toilet. Because we weren't connected to septic or any sort of sewer, we couldn't use the holding tank of the RV. If you're not familiar with how RVs work, basically there's a big bladder in the RV. So whenever you use the bathroom and you flush it, it gets stored in there and then you pump it out later and you put it in a septic bed. Well, we didn't have that. So all we had was a composting toilet, which actually worked quite well in the spring, summer and fall. Until it didn't. Until it didn't. And the reason it didn't... Those things, I tell you what, it is hard to keep up with two plant-based diets. Those toilets... Like, they need to work a little bit harder. The reason that it didn't work, though, was because a composting toilet, it has to be a certain temperature in order for things to break down and it to be a nice experience for everyone. <laughs> That's, like, the the cleanest way I can say it. It just... it. It yeah. needs to work properly. You need to meet the requirements of it. And in the winter, that bathroom would be negative temperatures. We would The wake... pee bucket was always frozen. Frozen. Because it has a diverter. So the urine goes to the front in a little bucket that you dump, and then the number two goes into the back, and it's a coconut fiber mixture that it yeah. mixes in with, and the microorganisms in there break it down into potable soil that you can just go in the forest, dig a little hole, put it in, and you're good to go. Yeah, truly turns it to organic matter, which was, again, I, I seriously, it was totally fine in the summer. But when it broke in the winter because everything was frozen we broke <laughs> i don't think people understand how primitively we lived i'm talking walking out into the forest brushing off some leaves 
And taking a dump in the woods. Yeah. And it gets really cold when the snow's down to get down to the leaf level. And imagine doing that in Dunlops in an Udi. <laughs> if you don't know what Dunlops are, they're rubber boots that go up to your knees. But they're the only things that kept the snow from going into your shoes because we had to go into the woods because we weren't going to do it where we were walking. <laughs> so we thought things would be... we. We always thought things would be better than they were. Our wood, our source of heat in the RV was a wood stove that took six and three quarter inch logs that had to be filled every 45 to 60 minutes, two hours if it was a warm day and we were lucky. Yeah. And so then the toilet broke and that wasn't working. So we didn't have a shower. We didn't have running water. So we would have to heat up water on top of this stove that is truly maybe a foot by a foot i don't think you realize it if you haven't seen those videos you should go back and just look at the living conditions that it was we rough. Went through. it was really rough and you know what's sort of wild we showed up every day of our life just being grateful and happy we truly did mm-hmm. we well, it was it, great because we woke up every morning and we were still alive to go for our little walk. Yeah, it's it's weird looking back and I feel I feel weird complaining about a time in my life that is truly one of my favorite times, but we put a lot on hold and we didn't we shouldn't have lived that we shouldn't live that way for as long as we did. Yeah. Well, that kind of leads to so many things. I don't want to get into necessarily everything that went wrong with this project and all the yeah. whoopsies. But because there are there are a lot of we should do a that's another I think that's a whole debrief about yeah. building a shipping container house and stuff like that. I want to just let us keep, know if you would be interested in that cuz I would like to talk about that one day. Yeah. So as we kept getting hit with setback after setback, we realized we couldn't be in the dome or in the RV. So we were looking at yurts and tiny homes and different alternatives for our second winter. We realized that a dome was our best option. We had this really cool place on the property mm-hmm. that we loved the view, but we actually wanted to build our house here first. But what goes into building a house, it would have ruined this spot and the yeah. magic of it. So we settled on the dome design because it was also affordable. And we set down the path of building this and creating, reimagining what the dream for the property was supposed to be. I love it down at the Dome because it is such a vibe here because we're nestled with the trees amongst us. It reminds me of that first RV, how close Mm -hmm. everything was. We have our gazebo there. Down there, we've got a little tiny pond like we did that first summer. It's just, it's what we always envisioned the property being. And we've been able to kind of hold on to that as the rest of the property reality hit us hard. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And having this space now, it, it's truly the most magical building ever for the warm months for the warm months yeah yeah again we kind of we we solved a problem we got it a bunch and created a bunch more that's the thing we were holding on to a dream a four-year-old dream that evolved and grew and changed and 
I think in the desperation that we were experiencing in the winter, going out and pooping in the middle of the woods, no yeah. running water. Rubber boots and an hoodie on. Yeah. Oh, my God. If it's, you don't know what an hoodie is, it's like basically a blanket dress that we fully lived in. Yeah. The entire winter. With wool socks. Because it was the only thing that could keep us warm. So originally, the goal of the dome was we could be on the property for construction so that we were able to oversee it. We could keep working ourselves. It was when we moved into the house, it was an Airbnb option. It was an option for family to stay. It was going to be a winter building. Yeah. We were going to be in it that one winter. Well, when the house got here and the stairs didn't work, that quickly made us realize we were going to spend a second winter in the dome and there was no way we would be able to do it. The first one was extremely hard. We would wake up every single morning and our water bottles would be frozen into a block of ice because it was so cold. We slept with five comforters over us, long johns, sweatpants, and two layers of wool socks, plus our oodies every single night. And on the really cold ones, we put beanies on. It was it was truly worse temperature-wise than being in the RV. But we were holding on to that dream of the RV because the rest of the property was growing and evolving, but we wanted to maintain that dream. So the dome was the closest thing to it. Yeah. So we got into redoing the dome being like this is going to make it better all our problems are gone the house can take as long as we need we put up an insulated liner we added to the kitchen we put the island in so we had more counter space we made it so that we had a proper place to store wood for like the fireplace and everything we were set which did completely transform, I do want to say. So we did two layers of insulation. We have a heat pump. We have a wood stove that's adequately sized now. We ran, we all, we ran water and electric down here, never with the intention of hooking it up. It was just in case we ever wanted yeah. to down the road. Well, we realized that we would like to have the running water. So we did end up using that. However, with the insulation and with the heat pump... Every single morning, we would wake up and our water lines inside of the dome were frozen. We would have to leave the tap on just slightly, and I had the toe kick off of the cabinets to try and get heat into them. It was hard, even with the insulation, but again, we were holding on to that dream. Mm -hmm. It was still, in in comparison to when we had no, no water, no electric, and we were just in that dark RV, even though this was still a struggle... I think it was the contrast of how much better our life had gotten was something that allowed us to say, yeah, we're doing good. We're getting there. But it was still so, so far away from what a normal, comfortable life should be. Yeah. Again, last winter when we put the outhouse in, the composting toilet failed. We had to pivot we put in an incinerating toilet because it was the only option. We were at our wits end. Yeah. And we put in, um, we took one of the wall heaters from the RV and have it in there so that you can plug in the heater um, when you go out there and have it at least blowing a little bit of heat on your legs while you're doing what you need to do. But again, it was better than 
going through the woods in a, to find the perfect snowbank to <laughs> in take our blank, a crap in. In our blanket dress. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, everything, we, we fell victim to an expression we told ourselves that every day you just need to get a little bit better than it was the day before. Yeah. And that was our goal for so long, not realizing that by having all of our things that we needed, like warmth, a good night's sleep, all these different things, not quite there, but us saying we're almost there. Our whole life became consumed with getting things better here. And we let a lot of things go. So I feel like we became a little too attached to the property. Mm-hmm. We barely leave here unless it's to get materials or groceries. We have been back for four years and there's a lot of friends that we haven't really reconnected with because we've been so focused on chasing this dream and making each day better that I don't know what it is, but I feel like we just realized recently life is passing us by fast. Not to get too deep here, but if you've ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, do you remember that? Yeah. It's like the pyramid and at your bottom, you need like like a roof over your head housing like security then you need to be warm then you need to have food and like you there's there's core necessities that you need to have to be comfortable and without those things it's difficult to get more towards the top of the pyramid like you know being successful in your career spending time with family and friends things that are more I guess soft less less tactile do you know what i'm trying to say they're not survival they're not survival and we were so focused on surviving when we absolutely did not need to put ourselves through that i think it is really important to remind people that normally when someone builds a house they are currently living in a house or an apartment They are able to wake up and have a shower. They can make a meal at the end of the day and get a good night's sleep. We could do none of those things. No. And it built up and built up and built up to the point where if this tiniest thing went wrong, it meant the end of the world to us. Yeah. And it was really hard to escape here or like escape the reality of the situation we got ourselves into because everywhere we went. (laughs) Oh, I told you. Okay, after this, we're done with heavy topics. Next week, we're talking about puppies and kittens. (laughs) But failure was everywhere. And it was the first time that we've lost because we're very competitive and we don't like to lose. And I think, I would say about a year ago, you and I just like, it changed. It was no longer a dream. And I feel like what was hard for me was mentally, I couldn't escape here. If we left, I was worried about what was going to break because it was going to freeze. I'd be worried about the animals because in the summer it was too hot. And in the winter, it was too cold. So we would leave them with my parents. That's what we ended up doing. We couldn't go anywhere on the property without being reminded of an unfinished project. And 
it just became very burdensome. And I felt like we had dug a huge hole that there was no way out of. And what was really hard was all the setbacks and constantly being told no. Like we were denied financing because it was a unique build and um, because we had already started developing the property, they classified us as already under construction. And so that happened. And then the first round of engineering was done wrong. And then the stairs didn't work. And everything just kept being like, God, can we just get one thing? And to add another layer to that is we would have to show up on Sunday and explain situations that were completely not our fault. They Those situations were legitimately not our fault. And had they not have happened, we would be living in a house right now. I also just feel stupid because we have been so good in our our business history of screening contractors and vetting. And I just feel like every single time here, everything and everyone passed the box, but shit the bed. And it was... Do you know why? Because we were in a situation where we were making decisions based in desperation. We were desperate. We were absolutely desperate. And that desperation is incredibly dangerous. It it makes you not have the ability to have perspective and think clearly. Or rational. Or rational. And I think for the last few years, we've sort of been backed into a corner in order to meet some of Maslow's hierarchy. We were, as time went on, I felt ourselves getting more and more desperate and further away from what that original dream was. But the thing about you and I is we always, always can adapt. We always pivot. And we've, I've lived in probably five or six different places with you that have been your dream home. Oh, yeah. I'm a big sucker for a dream home. Big sucker. He'll it's put a feeling. A, you walk in and you feel it. He'll put a coat of paint on. Wow. Wow, I am never leaving here. This, yeah, how many places? Pretty much every single one. I'm a big nester, big, big time nester, but it's it's something that I love about you. You are a big dreamer, and it, I think it's a blessing and a curse. It allows you to create beautiful spaces like you did this one. Let's be honest. A lot of the decisions in here were ideas that you came up with. That's not really fair. What I find is interesting about us is we communicate very, very well and trust each other. So how our design typically works is we talk about it. We each have an idea and we share mood boards. Then we shift gears and I typically take over the practicality of what really needs done, what's going to fit, and what this vibe is going to be in there. Then that gets passed back to Tyler, who sources the material and if there's furniture needed or flooring or anything, Tyler is... I get the best deals. (laughs) 
I wouldn't. I would, out of desperation of getting the project done, buy whatever I found first. Yeah. So anyway, now that we know how we divide up our work, back to the dream home thing. I think it's okay, like you said, how dreams change, that everywhere you're going to set up shop is a dream home for you. And I feel like this place, the land, was supposed to be the final dream home, and it it still could be. Yeah. But right now, it is so far from a dream that... It's really unhealthy, I feel. it's It doesn't feel like a dream anymore. It feels like a burden. And something, I feel like you and I both, maybe six months ago, just fell out of it. Things kind of came to a grinding halt when the siding and all of that. Yeah. We realized that our original dream was to have the entire envelope done and us take over the inside. Well, now our hands are getting dirty on the envelope and it's cool. It's pushing us. But again, it's how we're pivoting. And in order to take on this new skill set, we can't be doing it with sleeping on a broken pull-out couch, getting up every couple hours to throw wood in the fire. Like, we need to be... Not getting a full night's sleep, not being able to shower. Um, If our toilet was malfunctioning a few weeks ago, the burner wasn't igniting. Okay, well, are we back to the woods? Like again after now four years later and if you saw last week's episode of us talking about starting a family and our priorities with that something that we didn't touch on was the very real reality of whether you adopt or whether you want to work with a surrogate both of those options women have to assess your life and decide whether they're comfortable with a child being raised by us. And the reality is our life and our setup is messy and very unique and probably difficult to wrap your head around. And our odds of being able to start a family, it's virtually zero when we live this way. If we are being honest, I think my biggest thing is I'm just simply burnt out and done. Like I can't I can't get a grasp of what needs to be done here because I'm too in it and I'm not removed. I need to be away. I need to have a space that all within 530 square feet is my bedroom. Yeah. My kitchen, it's the corner over there where I wipe myself down with baby wipes because I don't feel like going to shower in my parents' basement. It's all these things. Like, I'm almost into my mid-30s. I want to start feeling like an adult and not that I'm permanently camping. I'm being careful with aging myself. I'm almost into my mid-30s. <laughs> oh, if denial was a person. But... Where we've started to explore the surrogacy process, I don't want to get to a point where we've matched with a surrogate, we have eggs ready to go, and we're like, oh my God, we're still a mess. We need to get some good habits yeah. and some routine in our life. I'm, I'm at the point that I want that now, and I can't wait any longer for this house to be done. Yeah, where the shortcomings of other people, yes, of course, there are reasons why we got a bit delayed because of us wanting to take longer on design and all of that. But I do want to be clear. I 
carried the burden of that, and so did you, of the mistakes for a long time, too long, when the reality is it was other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. There were general contractors involved. There were engineers involved. People made mistakes, and that caused us several years of living this way, which we did not sign up for. It's not what we wanted, and that is okay. It's okay to admit that and to say, you know what, we want something different and not feel like we failed or not feel like we're giving up on a dream or not worrying about how people who enjoy watching our Sunday videos will feel or any of it. It, We have to do what is best for us and the family we want to create. Getting to that place, though, that was ugly and messy and took a lot of self-reflection and kind of led us to where we are now. We realized, okay, we need to pivot once again. What does that look like? And as soon as we finally wrapped our heads around, we need to find another place for this winter. Charlie, our oldest golden retriever, he's 10 years old, tore his CCL, which is basically like the ACL in a human knee, completely detached it and shredded his meniscus, which meant he needed to require surgery, which would take several months of recovery time. And then we were like, thank God we made this decision and we finally are going to move on and be comfortable because we would that would have forced us to make a decision. Rushed. Rushed. Yeah, it would have rushed us into a decision, which what I'm trying to say is I'm grateful that we gave ourselves the time and the space and the permission to come to that conclusion on our own rather than feeling like we were forced to do it. So it all came about really quickly. We knew we needed a cottage for winter and we started looking. Tyler, I didn't know, had already been talking with a realtor. So we went and looked and as soon as we saw this property, it went back to that original dream of the trailer first here, what the house was supposed to be when we were naive about the size of a solar field and how much you have to clear out. It just ticked all the boxes. It had that cabin feel inside. It was nestled in the woods. It had a waterfront, which is something that we always wanted here. And we made it work by digging a pond and putting a seating area next to it. And that has been amazing, but it still isn't quite the same a lake or a muddy hole we dug sure it's turning into a beautiful ecosystem but again it's It's not the same yeah yeah and also too when we went down to visit the house when it was under construction like the shipping container home we stayed at an airbnb that was a timber frame style cottage that's almost identical to the one that we ended up purchasing and Once we saw this property, it reminded us so much of that, that Mm -hmm. it was was sort of like another dream we developed as well. Yeah, it just, it hit everything. And I know we've already established that I say it's a dream home everywhere we go. But this one, it really did feel, it felt so perfect for us because It's within a 25-minute drive to the land, so it wasn't an overly long commute. 
if we decide to turn it into where we choose to live long term, we're still close to family for support when we have a family. I'm saying when now because I'm being optimistic. But it just had everything that we needed. And if the land does turn into an accommodation place with short-term rentals and stuff, it's not unrealistic for us to drive here to do the cleanings and, you know, change the unit over. So it just, we could see our life there and we just couldn't unsee it. Yeah. I think though what's really important is, again, not putting ourselves back in a box. I'm not saying that I want to move in there and never live here again. I have no idea what we want because it has been a week. It is so fresh that... Meanwhile, I've got a for sale sign for the land. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's just, I think for me, what's exciting is the potential for the inside. I've been, that's where I thrive is the design and decorating and stuff. Todd, I, I get all of that. But this is what I was saying to you earlier. We just got this place. Your emotions are... In check. We're doing fine. We don't need to discuss them. (laughs) Your emotions are running high and you're completely infatuated with that place. Rightfully so. It is gorgeous. However, so is this place. Mm -hmm. The point is we can't live here this winter for all of the reasons we just listed. We're, we get through the winter, we live in it, we get comfortable, we paint, we freshen it up, we do... We blow out the kitchen on day one. <laughs> it, it's a slippery slope between dreaming and over-planning our life, and we have spent the last few years over-planning our life. Mm-hmm. A big reason for that over-planning, which we will get into in another podcast episode is when we read anyone taking notes of the podcast episodes we've come up with. Yeah. Can someone recap that down (laughs) below for us? Because we're definitely not keeping track. But when we read comments on like when we announced on our YouTube channel, on our Sunday videos that we got this cottage and all of that. So many people were like, what are you doing? What about the land? Are you selling it? All of that. It is totally okay for us to not have the answers, to not sure what we want to do, to not have to wrap everything up with a nice, neat bow. I understand that as a viewer, it is easier to digest when you understand all of the motives and the intentions that somebody has, but it's so important to realize this is our real, unscripted, authentic life, we don't know what the fuck we are doing. No clue. We bit off more than we can chew. And in all but in all areas. Like we don't yeah. have it we don't have it figured out. We are just day by day we're figuring out as we go. And I think that if everyone gave one another that grace that we're all just figuring it out and we're waking up each day and living our lives, that would be, I think the world would be a better place. It, my my world would be better if I didn't have to read those comments because I feel like it puts, it puts pressure. It really does. You don't have to let us know that we're a mess and things are going wrong here. We, we know. <laughs> we're aware. <laughs> we're Thanks. working our way through it. Thanks for the concern. 
<laughs> oh, well, I don't know if that makes sense or helps bring some clarity as to why abruptly we left the land, but it was abrupt to our life and we are just adjusting and figuring things out. But for the first time in almost four years, we feel as though we can breathe and have a good night's sleep and we will figure out our way through this. Exactly. All of the other things. We got this, buddy. Exactly. Um, one thing that, that I do want to say, I timed myself this morning setting up all of the podcast lights and, you know, this camera and that camera and right there and all of the details. And it took two hours to do. We talked about this in a previous uh, Sunday video. I didn't realize how much time it takes to like build a set like this. So two hours to set it up, an hour-ish podcast, and then an hour to tear it down because I mainly just throw it all in boxes. (laughs) Maybe it wouldn't take two hours. But something I'm really excited for is to be able to come here and leave things set up because we're not living in it Mm -hmm. constantly. And then we have our personal space where we can rest and recharge and, you know, all of that. But the best part is when we're over working on the container home this winter, there are going to be nights where we're going to sleep here. Oh, yeah. Because it doesn't make sense to go back. Like we could very easily spend two, two days, two nights here and then go back and shower especially when the house is further along Mm -hmm. it will be much easier to stay here because one will be past winter by the time we're working on interior finishings and then yeah the days are longer so say we're here working and we get into a groove it's really nice having the ability to stay here like you said and not have to do that commute back because there are times when you just get into a project and you're just so excited that you don't want to stop till the sun goes down and you can't wait till the sun comes back up because you want to get right back to it to keep going so how nice would it be to get the wood stove going get it nice and cozy in here we open a bottle of wine and Mm. we sleep here we wake up and then we continue right on on the project yeah then later that evening oh we get to go home to the cottage we you know get to view the lake and make dinner and be comfortable. Yeah, I think I can't wait. I'm just excited. I don't know. I'm excited also to step back and just see how it evolves. You're right about planning, like just to just to live, just to be present in our own life. I'm taking my ponytail out and just shaking my hair, letting it all go. I think it is important, though. It really is to be present in our life and not constantly be planning for the next thing because we're going to wake up one day and realize we we wished our life away we can't wait to get here we can't wait to get there we can't wait till we have kids i'm almost going to be in my (laughs) mid-40s all right well what do you think time for some tea tea time All right, so tea time is your chance to get some advice from us. It's not professional. It's usually not very good, but it's totally used at your own risk. It can be a situation you find yourself in, or you could have just even overheard it in the break room, but we want it anonymously. So head over to tylerandtodd.com slash podcast to send it in. All right, are you ready? Ready. Does this count as tea? I'm currently in Massachusetts, settling my mother's estate and prepping her house for the winter. While doing this, I've been watching my husband at our Florida home, sharing affectionate moments with his mistress on our ring cam. Ooh. Okay. First off. Do you know what I would do? 
What? Right away. I would remote in because I think on those cameras you can remote in and talk audio. That's I, what I would do. I'd whisper when when he's not there. Like when you're waiting, she's at the door waiting. I'd whisper and be like, you get out of here. I know where you live. I'd just be whispering things. And she'd be like, where's the sound coming from? No, I'd be whispering him to get out. In all seriousness, what I would do is I wouldn't say anything until you're back. I would sit on it. Why get into a fight now? Clear things up. Understand that he's a piece of crap for doing that while you're dealing with all the stuff with your mother. Oh yeah, that's a tr- that's true. My mother's estate. Yeah. Wow, that's a that's yeah. an extra layer of not nice. Yeah, exactly. So I would wait on it, wrap things up, come up with a good plan, go home and confront him. But I would do it in a way where his bags, like, you get home for uh, he's at work. You get home. You pack his bags. You have them sitting on the door. And you, um, okay, you replace the locks, go to Home Depot, get new locks, replace them. Then you're going to want to print out the photos from the ring camera. Or if you've got video, put a TV on the door. so And it's just playing on loop as he comes home with his bags packed there with divorce papers attached to the TV. That's how I would do it. I like that plan. However, I do want to give some extra unqualified advice, some legal advice. I'm not a lawyer, but I did just notice settling my mother's estate you better make sure before you leave his ass that you the money that you get from your mother's estate he is not entitled to because someone that is cheating on you while you're settling your mother's estate i can guarantee you he's got the balls to take half of whatever your mom leaves you do not let him do that okay sandra i don't know if this is sandra but i need to put I just feel like this is a situation. It's an, it is anonymous. It's anonymous, but I'm just, I need a name because I need to have some real chat. So oh, okay. listen in, Sandra. Whoever Sandra is out there. Pull up a stool, Sandra. You listening in, Sandy? This is what you're going to do. We're going to play the long game here, girl. So you're going to take the money, put it into the bank account. We know that Carl, Sandra and Carl, Carl's no good for you. You got to leave him, Sandy. So you're going to go home, go about life as usual, except you're not going to be intimate. He doesn't deserve you anymore. You're going to pretend to have a gambling problem. And what Carl's you're getting none of Sandy's cookie. <laughs> and you're going to open up a secret Swiss bank account. Okay. Okay. You're going to, over the time that you pretend to have a gambling problem, you're actually going to be funneling that money into the Swiss account. Mm. Right? Then when, oh no, the house is remortgaged because Sandy's got a big gambling problem. It's time to ditch Carl. So He gets stuck with half a bill and she's got a nice little Swiss castle sitting over there. Plus her mother's estate. That's what she's got to move is the estate. Oh no, she's going to move that either way. She's taking all of what they built together too i'm saying right now if she puts it into a different account like it's too far down sandy you can't change plans right now you gotta go home and pretend to be a gambler (laughs) well hope that advice was sage and valuable yeah Yeah. and uh if you were invited to sandy and carl's 25th wedding anniversary you have a free date in your calendar now (laughs) Do you want to read another one? After years of hard work attracting butterflies and hummingbirds to my garden, I was richly rewarded. I went out to clean and refill the hummingbird feeders to find one missing and in my neighbor's yard. 
When I asked about it, she simply said she wanted the hummingbirds to come closer to her house. I told her where to buy the feeders and offered her my recipe for the food, and now she's pissed that I took my feeder back. My friends think I should buy her a feeder as a Christmas gift to make amends. I don't give a fuck, and I don't feel like I need to make amends for anything. She stole my feeder. What would you do? She can buy her own fucking feeder. I'd burn her house down. No. no, we don't condone arson here. Um, that's really weird. That's a gutsy move to take something from someone, right? Move it. If you're going to steal it, put it in a backyard or on the other side of the house where the owner's not going to see it, right? But to just put it right there where you see it and then be mad that they take their stuff back, that's weird. Um, I agree, but... My take is a little different. I think you should get new friends. Yeah. I don't know if I'd want to be spending time with people that think that I'm going to be guilted into gifting something, gifting someone who stole something from me. Well, it depends. Is she on the regular gift list? Like, do they exchange birthday gifts? Because then that's something, or or Christmas gifts, because, well, you got a gift idea there. Next year, get her a hummingbird feeder. But My friends think I should buy her a feeder as a Christmas gift to make amends. Why are you making amends? Yeah, she you stole did, from you. She stole. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Imagine someone breaks into your home and steals your stuff, and then they get arrested. And you well, take the, that's different. But. You take them a cake and say, "Sorry, you got arrested." <laughs> Sorry, you make bad life choices. Ooh. Ooh, send her a cake. You know what? <laughs> Maybe give her a bird feeder and fill it with. No, because then the birds suffer. We don't want... That's why burning her house down... That's that's your best bet, actually. Just burn her house down, and then you don't no have to one deal in with it. it. No one in the house. They're all on a nice family vacation. She could be in the basement. We don't know. No, we don't condone... <laughs> we, we, don't condone we don't condone murder, murder. or arson. <laughs> this is why our advice is not good, nor legally binding. Thank you. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure if that advice helps at all or makes the situation worse, but either way, Good I, luck. Yeah, we did our best and we're not professionals. So if you want to send in a story, make sure you head over to tylerandtodd.com slash podcast because we would love all the tea we can get. All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode and we will see you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.